Welcome to Old Enough for Fairy Tales. I'm Anna. And I'm Kirsten. And this week, I traveled with an MC through the physical heart of another character. It was weird. Uh, excuse you? <laughs> it was really weird. <laughs> it was like an actual heart it was this character's actual heart this book is full of magic and the main character gets like put into this person's heart by the villain and so she has to travel through the four chambers of the heart it's like mrs why does this make me think of the magic school bus episode where they go into the kid's knee up to his uh his throat because he's got a cold yeah like that's literally what it, oh my gosh that's weird it, it 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 was weird but it was also good it was really good I'm gonna talk about it the book is called the Paper Magician it's by Charlie N Holmberg I I really liked this book and I the second one was good too so that's the Paper Magician and basically we follow Sione and um she just graduated from the School of Magic. And she's going to be an apprentice. She's always wanted to work with... So you can work with different materials, basically. There's plastic. There's glass. There's rubber. There's paper. There's, um, like, different materials you can use. And she... I'm pretty sure she's always wanted to work with either metal or glass. I don't remember what her, like, goal is. But unfortunately, she doesn't have a choice. She thought she would, but... The world is running out of paper magicians because paper is considered the weakest, like, alloy, basically. And so she is assigned to be a paper magician. And the bad part is once you, like, bond to something, like an alloy, you cannot go back. Like, it's for life. So she basically, once she, like, makes her vow to or whatever, like, binding herself to paper, she'll get paper magic because she's not magical from the start. Like, she goes to magic school, learns everything about it, and then she binds herself to a material and gains the ability to work with that material. And then there's no going back. So she's like, she's so upset that she has to work with paper. And I have, I expected this book to be like a fun, magical, dangerous story. And like it was, but this book was not at all what I expected. I was expecting something very stereotypical. And right away, this character shows up at this guy's house and it's like this haunted mansion which turns out to be a facade and then they get in there and he's like this 30 year old guy and it's so funny (laughs) she's just like everything about him was average oh gosh i know like (laughs) everything so like what what they do with the female from the dude's perspective with the female but it's reverse like he was just very plain looking and then in the second book she's like or maybe at the end of the first book she's like i can't believe i ever thought of him as average (laughs) so one thing that makes me a little uncomfortable is the age he's not like other guys yeah but like it's you know it's like saying that with reverse psychology like he looks uh-huh. like the most average guy ever and then you're like oh yeah right sure he does <laughs> and then it like describes him and you're like that is not an average guy because it describes it's like saying how average he is and it's like he was wearing like a turtleneck and like he was doing <laughs> like he was working with magic and like he has this pensive look in his eyes and his oh, eyes gosh like he's very stoic but you could read everything about him in his eyes and you're just like yeah so average <laughs> it's so funny and so she basically starts studying under him and so yeah the age gap does make me a little uncomfortable because there's some romance and so far it's all clean I'm on the third book Mm. and it's all clean so I think Anna would enjoy this and anyone else who has those same like preferences I mean I obviously have those preferences too but um if you're more strict with those preferences like it is cleaner so far I'm on the third one and she is she's 19 and he's 30 and that kind of makes me uncomfortable like when they get older it wouldn't make me uncomfortable so it's not like enough to make me not ship them yeah I was like it's not the worst I mean I read a I read a book that was like a 40 year age gap that one what that yeah it was a rom-com I told you about it it was uh one of the love cliche books and it was like in it it addressed it in the book because she he was old enough to be her father was, was it like, like magical fae? No, no, it was oh. contemporary. Yeah, it was, it was, it made me so, like, I love the couple, but I was like, 40 years, that was so 
Wait, like, how old was he? For, he was, was it 40? Wait, how would he? He was be- in his 60s and she oh. was 20 something. Yeah, it was what? like, it was like, maybe it was oh. only 30. But it was like it was enough that he could have been her father, and I was like, I don't. Well, like even this. if it was twenty years, that's enough where you could be his, his, mm-hmm. your father. So he could have been her grandfather. It might have been thirty. It might have been thirty because he was in his like he was older. He's like my dad's age. It would be like uh, me dating someone my dad's age. And I was like, I don't uh, like this. This makes me uncomfortable. So, so thirty, years was not yeah, eleven years. Yeah, it's an eleven year age gap, and it's not horrible. It's really not. I think just because she's nineteen. Like two years before, and like yeah. she would have been seventeen years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but other than that, like once I get a little bit older, when she's like further into her twenties, I would be more comfortable with it. And it's not, but, it's not as bad when yeah. it's the guy who's older. Yeah, that's. True. I, I don't know. For me, I'm like because no, I agree. even like scientifically, like they they mature slower. So it's like yeah, it's just the other way. I think I'd be a little bit more like. Mm. I think it's. I think it only bothers me because she's nineteen. If she was like. 25 and he was 36 i wouldn't care but because she's 19 it's like girl but he's like you're a baby yeah he's like super respectful and like nothing even happens in the first book like he's the one to slow them down and be like you're my apprentice so that's good because at least he's not like taking advantage of her but anyway back to the plot so basically I okay, I need to actually see what is jacket copy because there's something that happens pretty early on in the book, but it might be a huge spoiler, but I don't know. Oh yeah, okay, this is on the Goodreads description. So it's not technically a spoiler because it's literally in the description. So I think I'm allowed to say if it. If it's in the description, yes. I would say yes. Yeah, if you don't want to know anything else about it, maybe just skip ahead 30 seconds. So basically, this super creepy evil lady comes into their house one time when they're learning magic and goes up to the magician guy and plunges her hand into his chest and rips out his heart. <laughs> Just things. Why you know. is this giving me heartbender vibes? Yeah, a little bit. And um <laughs> so she's like, ha ha ha, revenge. <laughs> she like disappears. And then Sioni the main character is like, oh my heck. It's like and so she basically makes happened? him a paper heart, which is super flimsy. You know, like she can breathe, she can like breathe life into paper, basically. But a paper heart is super flimsy, so it's only gonna last a few days. So the magic people show up, and they're like, "He's gonna die. Sorry, we can't really do anything about it. We have to get approval to go after this lady, and there's much of history and blah blah blah." And Sioni is like, "No, I am not letting him die. I just started learning paper magic, and he's super cute. So like, I'm going after him. It <laughs> average but cute. <laughs> yeah, average. It doesn't say that." actually it is her she she doesn't drive me crazy as she's not like super shallow she's a little shallow but she's not super shallow so she um basically takes off and goes on this adventure to find this lady and she ends up having to go into the magician's heart and so like each of the four chambers is so like the first chamber is like his most cherished memories you know and then the second chamber is like his hopes and dreams and then the third chamber is like his worst memories and the fourth chamber is his worst fears so, so you, like, she really has to travel to through him. that you really That's get so to know cute. him she literally and she has to like when she okay it's not just like all metaphysical like when she is going through the chambers she actually has to squeeze like through the valves and like there's Ugh. blood everywhere <laughs> and she has like a phobia of like water so and she can't swim so she's like breathing out the whole time but and the whole time this lady is like chasing her but it, it's good it's not what is, i expected is this like a I'm trying to like what what is the setting like his, not historical wise but like is it more of like it's a, like um historical fantasy so it's set in london in the 1900s okay okay i was but trying to figure out magic. like what the yeah magical yeah. but i was like trying to figure out is it like castles and knights and no villages, it's not or medieval is it more or fantasy okay like historical fantasy i would historical yeah. fantasy. okay but hmm. i mean I there's like not really yeah it oh yeah it was really popular in like 2015 ish like the era that i read from apparently because i think sometimes those books are better (laughs) um well the last 10 years have really lost a lot of creativity when it comes to writing i feel like serial fiction has like really Mm, book talk and instagram actually have kind of ruined the art of the like honestly yes because Mm -hmm. everyone is like ooh, formulas (laughs) 
and and oh this is trending so i have to write what's trending so one of my when i went to update my reading progress at one point the only thing i could think to say was like this book takes you know the song you'll be in my heart it takes (laughs) it really literally (laughs) and like i just had that song in my head while i was reading this book (laughs) oh that's funny yeah so anyway that's the paper magician by charlie holmberg my first recent read was one I had gotten at a bookstore here in town and I'd heard it was very pot it's it's divine rivals <laughs> everyone freaking loved this book like it yes. like it like came like the first one came out and like no one really talked about it and then it was in a book box like a special edition book box like something happened and it just like was yeah everywhere wow and so I had heard a lot about it and I was kind of like I don't know like it's just kind of the storyline I'm like it could be bad and so I was like waiting but then a number of my very close bookstagram friends who are very conservative readers were like this book is amazing like everyone needs to read it and I was like okay I'm gonna get it so when by what by the sun and stars came out I bought it as like a celebration for my book coming out (laughs) yeah it's like a reward (laughs) (laughs) and I I finally I had started like the first couple chapters and then I set it aside because life happened and then I picked it up after Christmas and I devoured it. I read it so fast. So it's about two, the two characters are Iris and Roman and they're like academic rebels and they're both at this um, newspaper and they're trying to get the columnist position. So they get there and there's like the the jobs on the board. Whoever gets there first gets the job. And then the other person's writing like the obituaries and like wedding announcements, things like that. And so we opened to like Iris is like running to work. Well, the prologue is her brother goes off to war. There's a war between two gods and he gets called to go fight for um, Edna, I think is the the good goddess. And then there's the evil god who's like destroying villages and everything. So he Bummer. goes off to war. And so she's working at the newspaper and you find out that um, they're like they're rivals. And but when it goes to Kit's point of view, Roman, he's like, he reads all of the like obituary she writes because she is such a he like loves her writing voice but he like <laughs> has to pretend he hates her at the at the <laughs> workplace it's so cute so anyway iris has this typewriter that was her grandmother's and she is writing like letters to her brother but she's never gotten a letter from him in the six months he's been to war so she doesn't know where to send them so she just puts them in her wardrobe and they disappear and she doesn't know where they go but she's like maybe there's Ooh. some magic in the in the wardrobe that sends my letters to it's draco's my wardrobe well then she gets one back one day and it said this is not <laughs> forest which is her brother and she's like well who the heck has been getting my letters <laughs> well you find out it's roman and he's writing on a typewriter and they're they're communicating back and forth, and he figures out really fast like that it's Iris. Oh my from, gosh, like, it's like you she got said, mail. Like, I, yeah, it's it's literally like a fantasy. You got mail. Oh so gosh. he knows that he's writing to Iris, but she has no idea she's writing to Roman. I and, love that. I don't know why and, I never like. I think I kind of knew a general idea of the book, but it's been a long time since I put it on my list, so like I kind of forgot what it was about. So I'm oh even my gosh, it was now. so good. So then they communicate, and then some things happen, and Iris ends up going out as a war correspondent, and she's like, writes to her wardrobe friend like, "I'm leaving, and like, <laughs> I I won't be back for a while." We're and you a he like freaks out. He's like, "Where is she going?" And then. She takes her typewriter with her, and then they, she figures out that it's the typewriter that's magic, not the that, wardrobe. So he, she's writing and sending it funny. through the wardrobe again, and it's still going to to, to Roman. That's and, funny. Uh, oh my gosh, it's so good. She thought it was a it's wardrobe so good. the whole time. There is there's a little bit of language in it, which was fine. It was nothing major. Um, and then there there is one scene, but the characters are married. Um, so there's okay. like a, kind of like an open, but the way she wrote it. Like, it didn't give me an ick. It was actually very beautiful the way she wrote it. Very, like, more, like, emotional versus, like, descriptive. And it was just, it was very, it was, like, and I'm very picky about that, right? And I knew it was in there because one of my friends had reviewed it and, like, said, this happens. And so I was, I was aware it was coming. So it made it better. It wasn't like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And there is, um, there's a little bit other, like, I have a review on Goodreads if you want, like, a full content. But I loved this book. And I immediately... Well, not immediately because I was out of town, but I ordered book two because it, this ends on a freaking cliffhanger. Yay. 
I'm but it was for it this. was a beautiful book. The way she wrote about loss and despair and pain, mm-hmm. but like there's a there's a line in it where it's like it's okay to find to be joyful, to find happiness in the mm-hmm. midst of sorrow. Other people's sorrow does not negate from your joy. And like it's okay to feel that even when the rest of the world is like falling apart around you. Yeah. Like oh my gosh, it was just and the way she wrote it was so lyrically like and I'm I'm very I don't love super lyrical books most of the time because it's like too flowery but she had just the right amount of like dialogue to description to emote like I don't know like I want to read more by Rebecca Ross this is my first book that I read by her and it was phenomenal okay so the second recent read I'm going to talk about this one will be short and emotional I read Okay, this this is one of the books that's been on my list forever. I read Small as an Elephant by Jennifer Richard Jacobson. If you're a mom and you don't like crying, don't read this book. <laughs> but it's not like, um, it's not going to traumatize you. <laughs> I'm not a mom, by the way. I'm just saying, like, I never cry when I read. There's only a few books that made me cry. And this book definitely brought tears to my eyes. So, um. Like, I scream and I screech and I laugh and I throw books across the room, but I never have tears coming out of my eyes. And I was pretty close to this book. This book really got me there. So Small as an Elephant was written a while ago. It was written in 2011. Okay, that's not that long ago. But I'm pretty sure it's been on my list for 14 a, years, 13 a long years. Time. Okay, I guess that was a while ago. So basically, this book is about a little boy named Jack. I think he's like 9 or 10 or something like that. And he's going camping with his mom. And he wakes up and his mom is gone. And he's like, okay, but Jack and his mom are not typical parent kids. So he doesn't like run to the police right away saying my mom's gone because his mom has some mental illness issues. Mm -hmm. And basically whenever she kind of comes more unhinged or doesn't take her medication or something like that, things like this happen where she disappears and she kind of forgets how important – like why – like, she loves Jack, but she does not understand, like, the responsibility of taking care of him when she is not, like, in her right mind. So mm-hmm. she still loves him when she's not in his right mind, but she doesn't understand, like, that she needs to take care of him. So Jack knows this, and they've been through a lot together, and he loves his mom so much. He wants to stay with his mom, and he's really scared about being put in a foster home or having Aww. to live with his grandma because his grandma and his mom do not have a good relationship. So basically... He is like, okay, I'm just going to hang out at the campsite. I'm sure she'll come back. Like, she won't be too long. I can survive. So he starts hanging out at the campsite, but she does not come back. And so he eventually has to move on because people, like the park rangers and and different people start getting suspicious. And he only has so many excuses. Yeah. So basically, he sets out on his own and he has to find her he has a few leads on where she might be and he is trying to find his mom or trying to wait somewhere until she shows up again so he goes to this bigger city and he meets some people who it's so sad because he meets several people who genuinely really want to help him but he's so scared of being found out that he like keeps running away and and it breaks your heart the things that he's going through and he keeps having all these doubts like maybe i should just turn myself in and like that will show her like not to do this and then he's like I miss her so much I just want her to come back and like it's so sad and he like is doing all these things to try to take care of himself and try to like get food and somewhere to sleep at night and it's (laughs) and the end the ending is so emotional oh so that is small as an elephant by jennifer jacob richardson i think it is it is very good (laughs) definitely a (laughs) tearjerker what is your second recent read my second recent read is assistant to the villain by hannah nicole mayer i think is how you say the last name (laughs) m-a-e-h-r-e-r meyer mayer i don't know so many letters (laughs) this book i got um in a uh, secret Santa book exchange that me and some friends did. And my friend who got it for me ended up telling me, I figured out who it was based on a, a note in her package that she sent. But she told me, she's like, tell me how you how you like it because I might read it. Uh-oh. I have severe mixed emotions on this book. So basically this book 
the the way the story goes is there's Evie Sage and she's walking through the uh, <laughs> this is my character. Oh name. my gosh. So so okay, so to preface this, the lady who wrote it started out doing TikToks about the villain and his okay. sunshine assistant, Evie Sage. So this was TikTok storyline, like you know how like people act do oh, acting yeah. on TikTok. So it was like that. And then she wrote a book. It, can you it tell? Kind of shows. Like, it, it, it kind of shows. Like it kind of shows. I've heard a lot of bad things about this book, and so, I've heard a lot so of hype about it. So it's it was fun. I enjoyed it. There. So first, let me tell you what I liked about it. I liked the storyline. I liked how she did the villain because he's the bad guy, right? But like, it kind of shows as the story progresses, you figure out why he's the villain, and it doesn't excuse like all the horrible things he does. But there's like a legit reason. He's this bad. is definitely just Nimona. Have you read Nimona? Uh-uh. It's a graphic novel. They just made it into a Netflix show, movie. I think it was a movie. It was wildly disappointing. Sorry. <laughs> Except for the visuals. The visuals were beautiful, but the book is so much better. Um, but it's literally about a villain. The, a villain. The assistant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So his name's the villain, and then you find out like what his real name is, and it's Tristan. It's, it's not, not the, like the Oh, ew! <laughs> well, that's like ew. when it, when they said his name was Tristan, I'm like, that is perfect because so many of the like cringe guys in literature are named Tristan. I just I'm like, read that's a book. Great. I just read a book where there's this horrible jerk, and his name is Tristan. But I actually like the like the villain's probably my favorite character. So it starts out, and she's walking through the crooked forest. Oh, Hickory Forest, my bad. And she's walking through and everyone avoids Hickory Forest because they know the villain lurks in the forest. And all of his pictures, it was very Flynn Rider. It's like he's this old guy with long hair and a big nose and like sharp teeth. And he's like the villain. Sharp teeth. And so she's like literally like ja- like jagged teeth. It says it in the book. And she hears a commotion. Or no, she goes to the river and it's turning red. And she's like, oh, this is Uh-oh. blood. And instead of doing what any sane person would do and walking away, Does she, she follows it? the blood oh. up the river <laughs> and she runs into the villain. And he's nothing like his posters. He is tall, dark, and handsome and has muscles that pull at his oh, black V of course. shirt and a giant cloak. And he grabs her and protects her from the guards who were ch- or the did he did she quiver him. before him? No, she was not scared at all. And it was like in the story, it was like she's like, "Huh, I should be afraid of him, but I'm not. Why am I not? <laughs> this is odd. Stupid. Why am I not scared of him?" Anyway, it, that whole book is like she knew she the should muscles. be afraid of him, but she's not. Like literally, like every cliche is in this book. It is ridiculous. So she's trying to find a job to help her father and so he finds out this he's like hey you've seen my face why don't you come and work for me and be my ass- and you're not scared of me so come be my assistant at the- and she's like sure and he's like like she'll just say anything that comes to mind and he like just looks at her like i am completely oh gosh, befuddled same. by you um it's really it's really funny like that their dynamic was actually really fun i enjoyed it it wasn't like you were annoying. I just want all of the villains' perspective. Like I actually enjoyed Evie, but oh, okay. she's kind That's of good. basic. Oh yeah, and the and the villain has this frog who has a little Here. crown on his head, and okay, he like, like pulled up signs, and and then oh my gosh, it's like slipped in there in one random chapter toward the end about who the frog actually is, and I was like, I knew it because the, the whole prince? time I'm thinking the frog. <laughs> She's not it in. is. It is. So, like, I enjoyed it. And then the plot twist at the end, like, the big reveal, like, plot twist was actually, because the whole story, they're trying to figure out there's a traitor when his, and it's literally, like, the office meets fairy tale meets Roman story. Like, it feels like the office, because she's, like, works in the, they call it a corporation, like, the, oh. the villain's corporation. And so he has, like, interns that he like torments he has like office workers he okay has... well any everyone torments interns so it's not very villain villainous <laughs> behavior but it's like they, they call it scatter day and he like chases them and like hunts them during scatter day or whatever he has oh, a healer my word and then then evie has her like office rival who's named becky and she's like nasty to her all the time, and she's like, she's she's evil, and that's like, so. Well, that's why funny. she works for me. So okay, listen, you are expressing a lot of cliches, but you're also expressing a lot of fun about this book. But you give it three stars. Yes, so I gave it three point seven five because the way she wrote a lot of the beginnings of the chapter were like four to eight word sentences that were like very, like, and you started to notice it. It's like one thing if a couple chapters uh. start with like, like, hold on, I can open to one and find it. So, like, 
like something the alarming. villain never missed the sunrise when she was there and then know. the next chapter it's like the thesis Evie of the chapter scream. it was just like kind of yeah like this is what the chapter's gonna be about and uh, you started to notice it because like it's i do that sometimes in stories because sometimes you just want that little hook at the beginning of the chapter but when you do it consistently enough that the reader picks up on it uh there was a lot a lot of language okay it, it fit the story that the problem with this is it's supposed to be a fantasy land so I'm like, this book would have been better instead of using common words, curse words that we use all the time. If you had created a a cursing language for the world and used it, like yeah. that would have made sense. It was just, and it was like weird places that she used it that it didn't make sense. It didn't fit. It yeah, like it was like one of those things that yanked me from the story. And there was a, there's a couple other things, but like there was it was very gory in a lot of it. But also he's a villain, so I was just like. That's okay, fine. now I want to read it. For me, the redeeming factor was the plot twist at the end. Um, when you find out who the traitor is, it was. Okay, I thought it was really. Anyone can do that. Like that doesn't the increase twist. the quality of a book. Anyone can come up with a good plot twist. And that's why it was. That's why it was still like three stars. Three three Don't stars. give it a half. Just let it be three. three. Just be cold, Anna. And you can the, do it. The language the thing is, I feel like I would have given it a much higher rating if it wasn't for how much. But you didn't like it. I, I don't know. And I can't <laughs> tell you exactly why. Like, the storyline was great. Because I it was weak. Why. It was weak yeah. and it was imitating and it was cliched so it wasn't original, it wasn't creative, even though it was and fun. The, and the writing was just because it was yeah, like that fantasy, like a but solid it was written stars. like it was written like a contemporary. In a fantasy world, yeah. so you can, the book itself is pretty, though. That doesn't. That's I will say star rating. I it didn't. I'm just saying I was disappointed because the book was so. It was like uh, it pretty by the book where it was like a really pretty book, but the story sucked. Okay, so transitioning into our discussion today, we're talking about bookish X, just things that make us go <laughs> gross. So we're doing both. Things that make us go ick or ick things that we do. But a lot of people would be like, that's why do you do that? I, I read some of mine to Kirsten already and she and I've uh, already got thought ick. I had some ick. Yeah, she she went ick. Okay, you wanna go first? Yeah, so a bookish ick that makes me gag in the depths of my soul is dog earring book pages. This it, one? I also have a friend who does this and he laughs at me, but I cannot stand stand that especially when i get used books and i because i was telling kirsten i got one over christmas that was a series i read as a teen and they had the first four books at a thrift store and so i got them and i was reading the first one over christmas break and i noticed certain pages were dog-eared and i'm like oh i don't know who this person is but i already don't like them because they clearly dog-eared the pages when they stopped at parts and it wasn't they read it pretty fast because there's only like probably six in the book but it pains my soul okay can i explain my philosophy on this one do you dog ear no well oh, okay let me explain <laughs> she's like having a whole i was about to get really early. angry at you we can't be friends anymore <laughs> um, this is about to become a friends to enemies podcast <laughs> <laughs> so i don't dog ear most books that i read i really i also think it's kind of ick like i don't think you should just be like oh that was a good page i'm gonna fold that one over that doesn't really make sense to me well when you do that enough it can rip the book that's that's my thing right it, it weakens the paper and it just is ugly and doesn't really make sense like if you read like a page put a tab on it remember the page number like put some stars around the corners do something a little more creative than folding the page over however there is a time and a place for dog earring. I believe that dog earring. I there's one book that I'm reading that I do dog ear because it's like, it's um Oswald Chambers, hit um, my utmost for his highest, and it's one that you read like one a day. Oh, over a long time. It's like mm -hmm. from his selections of writings, and that's the kind of book where I will never read that straight through again. But I want to be able to go back once in a while and read one of the pages that I really liked because each of the pages is an individual thing. So once in a while, I'll dog ear a page. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. I also think that it might belong in academic settings if you're reading, not a textbook necessarily, but if you're reading maybe forms and documents and different academic, more related things, dog earring has a place in that. Reading a fiction book or a nonfiction or like any sort of novel, no, 
that's that's I, more what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. that. Uh, I, yeah, nope. I don't think it would like seeing like if I was in a thrift store or like a bookstore and I saw a book had been dog-eared, that wouldn't like prevent me in any way from buying it. Yeah, it doesn't deter me from buying it, but I get I get a little little angry yeah. inside that someone would <laughs> do this angry. to this poor and book. Outside. <laughs> Sorry, okay. Nate, if you're listening to this. <laughs> She's not sorry. <laughs> he knows my feelings on this. <laughs> okay, so my first ick that makes me want to barf is reading ahead. <clears throat> hmm, I wonder who does Which that I just said I did with Divine Rivals. Hey, I did read it. I was I was skim reading it, but I read it. I that makes me so uncomfortable. Okay, but there there's two different things. There's reading ahead. So there's some people who will like they'll get a book and they'll read the last page first. I <laughs> I have done that maybe twice in my Part life. Of- okay, there was one I remember doing this so vividly before we moved from Michigan the first like when we moved to Illinois and then back. It was like we I was packing up books to move to Illinois and there was this really thin it was called The Princess, I think. And I started reading it. I was sitting, I was supposed to be packing books, but I started reading it and I ended up reading the whole thing cuz it was only like 100 pages. But I was reading it, and this character dies, quote unquote, in the book. And I was like, if this character is dead, I'm not reading the rest of this book. So I looked ahead to see if his name was in it later. And his name was, so then I read the rest of the book. Okay. But I was like, this if he's is... dead, I'm not reading the rest of this book. Okay, so this is why I hate it. When you, it, when you read ahead, you are violating the inherent trust that is supposed to be bound between a reader a writer and the character so when you start reading a book there is this not only suspension of disbelief obviously everyone knows about that but there is this trust where you are saying i am trusting the story with my anticipation i'm trusting it with my time i am trusting that it will take me somewhere i have never been before often that trust is misplaced but sometimes it's very well rewarded and you do not enjoy a good book if you do not have that trust, if you're suspicious of it the whole time, and if you want to read ahead and find out what happens, you have to trust the book. And a lot of things that I learn about, a lot of my character has been built through reading fiction, okay? <laughs> and, like, just as much as life experiences. And you do not experience fiction and learn from it if you are allowed to take a sneak peek into the future. That's not how life works. That's not how fiction works. That's not how stories work. Unless there's some element of prophecy in it. Like, you're violating the relationship of the reader and the book when you read ahead. <laughs> I love how, how, like, how, like, passionate you are about this. <laughs> but that's the one that doesn't bother me. I'm like, if you, you do you when you're reading, like, I don't care. Anyway, what's your next ick? Um, so this has more to do with, like, the look of books. But I hate when there's non-removable stickers. Oh, I hate that, too. On a book. That. I hate that, too. It it hurts my soul. Okay, this might be kind of icky to some people, but I really like when there are removable stickers that come off really well and they don't leave residue and you can just like peel them off so nicely. I love that. I have figured out that lemon oil, because most book covers are like matte or gloss, so the oil doesn't go through the pages. So if there's a sticker and it won't come off, if you put like three drops of lemon essential oil on it and yeah, let it sit for like 30 seconds, I've tried it peels that. right off. It's okay. It doesn't work very well for me. I don't know. But I, I have some. Way. So I don't mind stickers now. I just don't like when I can't remove the sticker at all because it's yeah. printed on the freaking cover. Okay. So What's my your next, next bookish ick? My next bookish ick is, okay, this isn't too icky. I just don't prefer it. When people in their own homes try to use like a library system to organize their books. Like I do not need the Dewey Decimal System on your three shelves just make it look pretty or organize it like putting authors together great genres i organize by genre personally with a little bit of flexibility mostly it's by genre i've done color before color is fine and i have a few stacks that are colored like i have a stack that's red black and white it's just because it's pretty and i have a shelf that's mainly black with some highlights so like i'm okay with that but I mean, for me personally, it bothers me if it's not in the same genre. I but, like, like it doesn't I make like me the, go ick. If I like the authors it. to be together, if it's in the same series, yes, it needs to go together. Unless and in this and, and if it's the same author and it can go together, then yes. But if it's 
the difference between a paperback and a hardcover, then sometimes I split them up. If they're not in any way related to each other and not even necessarily the same genre, then I will split them up if they're the same author. But mm. if someone is like, I organize my books by the Dewey Decimal System and everything is alphabetical and everything is blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> what the Where's heck? the fun? You're taking the all the fun right? out of collecting books. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my ick. But it's not that's, too that's major a fair of an ick. Like, I can respect it a little bit, but it's more like a like, gross I mean, respect. I respect the dedication that you sit there and figure out where this book is supposed to go based like, on be the a librarian. Like, like, do that in a library. That's I don't have the long. time for this. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's fair. What's your this next is, one? This one kind of follows yours, where it's not like, I don't hate you for doing it, but I'm just like, why? It's reading popular series simply because they're popular. I think a lot of people, when they're starting to get into reading or they want to get back into reading, they're like, this is a book that people like to read who aren't super classic literature oriented. And yeah. the internet is their main source of information for that. Whereas more experienced readers are like, let me find my own recommendations because I know what I like and they're going to be a lot better quality. So hopefully That's readers learn that. Like, There's oh. just some people online that I don't follow yeah. them because they annoy me. But they're just like, I'm going to do this because it, it gets it. Hands it, it trends me, right? Like my real Here's a list of people we don't like. No, I'm also so stubborn. If enough people say I should read something, I have no desire to. I'm like, no, no that's fair. telling me to read it. My next bookish ick is something that I actually did a few times a long time ago. Don't judge me. And it's another bookshelf organization one. I do not like when people organize their books with the spines facing in. So that you Ugh. only see the outward pages. This kind of trended because it looks pretty. And it does. And I, I think when I was doing it, I did it a few times in high school. And it was because, like, the spines were really ugly or something. And I wanted to have, like, a shelf or, like, a certain area that was, like, aesthetic or something like that. Or I would have, like, one stack that was, like, the pages facing out. I just cannot stand it now. Like, I do not – like, the whole purpose of a book – is to be able to see what it was and either look forward to reading it or remember reading it and have all of these memories and associations with it just by looking at it on your shelf. Like, it's a very magical thing. And when you just see pages, like, unless you're some highly trained reader who can recognize the book by the outward pages, like, what is the point? Like, find something else aesthetic to put in your house. <laughs> I have seen people do that where they turn around the ones they've read so that it motivates them to read the ones they haven't read. But... I can get behind that. Again, I, what I, I just do said, it. the whole purpose of keeping them on your shelf is, uh, well, to reread them, but also to be able to look at it and remember it and relive some of those things. That's and true. you can't do that. <laughs> can't do I have a friend who will do it every once in a while. She'll turn her pages pages out and uh, it doesn't last very long and she'll turn it back around. I but know. it's funny. She'll do it for like a month and be like, yeah, now I want to see the spines again. She'll turn it back around. What's What's your next one? This one I feel is like 50 50. I'm scared. On, online. Our and friendship might end. No, you do this one. I did this one. Oh, okay. And I, I used to like be anti this. And then I started doing it. I'm like, no, this is really fun. It's annotating and writing in books. Oh my gosh. That was my first one too. Is that your first one too? Yes. <laughs> yeah. We both do it. And um, I love writing in books. A lot of people, it, it's like either you are 100% like, I have all the tools, I have the tabs, go hot, big or go home. Then there's other people who are like, you write in books, that's sacrilege. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's pretty 50-50. I used to be anti-writing in books. And then I saw this video and there was this booktuber who had this whole thing. She found this essay online and it was about why you should write in books. And she read some of it on her video and it changed my life. It was a little dramatic. But seriously, like if reading takes up 60% of my life, it changed my life. So she – and the essay was amazing. And I could probably find that. It was so many years ago that I – watch that but i could probably find the video if i had to but i say go crazy i don't write in all of my books but sometimes i'll just sit with a pen sometimes i'll just sit with a pencil sometimes i'll have tabs sometimes i'll just do underlining i i don't highlight but i don't have anything against it but i don't like highlight highlighting i highlighted uh the mr wickham only read the murder of mr wickham oh, i yeah. use a highlighter but a lot of my highlighters like kind of bleed through the pages mm -hmm. so i don't love doing that so when i did divine rivals i just had a pen yeah, and I did. I did perfect. a little bit of doodling around the like because the margins are that's very perfect. wide in that book. So I do a little doodle, 
Um, I, I didn't tap that one. My mom likes to borrow my books a lot. And then I'll forget what I write in them. She'll come back and be like, it was really funny. And I'll like freak out. Like, what did I write in there? <laughs> my mom's reading The Murder of Mr. Wickham right now. And I like highlighted the crap out of that one. And so it's fun to, she's like, I have to move your tab sometimes because I can't, I yeah. can't see under them. But yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun to see what people think of books. Certain, like what, what yeah. stuck out to them when they read it. And they're like, I'll write my guesses for things in there. Like, oh, what if it's this person? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you took my first one. <clears throat> but my second one, so an ick that I do is, this is <laughs> folding books in half if the spine is already broken or if folding it in half won't break the spine. If a book, if a spine will break, if I fold it in half, I am not going to do it. Like, I'm not going to break a spine. But if the spine is, like, inevitably going to break, like, there's even if I was super careful, it's going to break. So I really like folding books in half. I don't know why, but I like to have, especially if I'm writing on them, I like to be able to fold it in half and read it like that. And I can read it more one-handed. And, like, it's just, I don't know. I just really like doing that. So that's something that a lot of people I'm not, hate. I'm not mad at you for that. Oh, thank you. I'm glad. We're still friends. <laughs> Well, not after my next one. So, oh yeah, definitely not. But I've already heard it. <laughs> so this one, this is one that I love a good physical book. Like I love holding it. I love highlighting, annotating, all of that. But there is something that I love, especially when I'm traveling, is my Kindle. I did not think I would ever jump on the the ebook train, but I really love ebooks. I love being able to highlight and easily find my highlights. Go back and look at them. I love how convenient. much cheaper the books are uh, most of the time, especially indie authors. Yeah, it's cheap. Are a lot cheaper. So I can. Because it's a cheap experience. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I, I like the immediate gratification of being able to get a whole series and reading it. Like, if I read the first book, like, especially even if I read, like, the first book physically and I immediately, like, I want to know what happens, then I can go and buy the ebook or rent the ebook from the library and read it. I, I really enjoy my my e-reader. Like I That's nice for you. Kirsten does not I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> I I prefer ebooks. I except when my Kindle's dead. Then it makes me angry. But that is one inconvenience about the Kindle is having to charge it. But I love my e-reader. All right. Sometimes more than physical books. Okay, why not? She hates it. I hate it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but we're still friends. Um, my next honestly, if we didn't have if we had all the same bookish icks, I would not be very happy because I don't like being friends with people who are the same as me. So exactly the same. Yeah. So my last one is this is an ick that I do. So I like after I listen to an audiobook, if I really liked it, buying the physical book. I think that makes some people upset. Not me. I do that with ebooks too. Yeah. So if I read something on a Kindle when I'm forced to, or I listen to it and I really like that book, then I will totally get the book afterward. Like just because I didn't read it physically does not mean I didn't read it. Like I still read the book. One thing I don't really like is owning a physical book and listening to it or reading it on like an e-reader. Like if you own it, if you own it, you should read it. I've done, I have listened to a few, just a few audiobooks that I own the physical book of. But usually I just don't like that. Like if you own the physical mm -hmm. book, you should read the physical book. Anyway, what's your last one? All right. My last one is, I, I don't do this too terribly often, especially nowadays when I'm buying like pre-orders and stuff. Like I'm pre-ordering books before, but buying the entire series before I read the first book. I do this more often than I probably should. Like, I want to binge read them. I don't want to, like, just sit and wait months for the next book. So um, I did that with the um, Mark of the Raven series by Morgan Bousset. I have all three of them. I have not. I just started the first one the other day. I bought all of uh, the Out of Time series by Nadine Brandis. I've not read them yet. I cannot get behind that unless it's, like, a set or, like, it's a special circumstance. But I always just buy the first book first. Okay, well, I, I'm not I, too I'm, upset about that. A lot of them, I've like, I've bought the first one, and then someone's getting rid of like the next two or whatever, and I'm like, oh, it's cheaper than buying them brand new. I should just get them. Okay, well, and that's better. Read. Yeah, it's it's a bad habit because then if you don't like the first one, and then you're stuck with the whole series, you're like, whoops. 
Okay, now we're going to get into a recommended read from each of us. My recommended read for this week is Illuminaire by Bryn Shute. Bryn was one of the first people I followed on Bookstagram when I started reviewing books on there. And I fell in love with her characters before I read a word because she has so much art that she has gotten commissioned of her characters that I feel like I know them before having read a word of any of her books. And so Illuminaire is about three, like three main characters. There's Desmond, there's Laudius, and there's Kennet. Kennet is an immortal. He has lived for years. No one knows he's immortal. I don't, I don't even think the prince. My cat. (laughs) My cat is immortal. And then there's Desmond, who is a soldier. And then Laudius is a musician. I'm ignoring you. These are such... No, I'm just laughing because these are such fantasy names. They are. But they are like... I love them to death. Desmond is literally one of my favorite fictional characters, I think, ever. I love him to death. I know what she has planned for him in her upcoming book. And I am... She let me read, like, the prologue, and I'm not okay. I am not okay, guys. Oh, no. But it's it's They're so suffering. good. Illuminaire is so good. It's about, like, light versus darkness and beauty, and there's there's some random chapters where, like, non-sentient objects are, like, sentient and kind of, like, talking. Ooh. There's, like, the darkness, the river, and stone, and, like, they all have different opinions on, like, what's wrong with the world, and, like, it's just beautiful. And Desmond plays the violin, and Laudius is, like got magic and he's a pain in the butt but i love him anyway and it's just it's like this whole heist story where they're trying to get this book back because different people want this book and so they're trying to get it and it's just so good i just marked it as want to read on goodreads so like i can't i can't explain it better than that it's just it if, if you like epic fantasy with fantastic world building and like super lyrical prose like this book is amazing and if you order the physical copy, it also has a novella in the back of it um, called Dawn Song, which takes place after Illuminaire, and it's just really good. It's a really good read. Ooh. Or no. Good. Yes, after. Sorry. It is after. <laughs> Thank for a minute. But they're both fantastic, and I love Bryn. So y'all should give her a follow on Instagram because she's amazing. Okay. My recommended read for this episode is going to be Queen of Hearts by Colleen Oates. This is a book that I read in high school I remember the exact day that I read this I think I read it over a few days and then I I remember the day that I finished it it was really late at night and it was where I remember what I was wearing (laughs) that's so random that is really random yeah I remember I was wearing well it'll make sense in a minute I was wearing this like blue bathrobe that I that I used to have and it was super late at night and I was in high school so I probably wasn't supposed to be staying up late and I could not put this book down and I remember finishing it and I cried and it was so good. And I literally, <laughs> I took a photo with the book because I was so emotional. I was like, I have to remember this moment. And I still have that photo. So, And you I'll, still remember that moment. I still vividly. remember that moment, probably partly because of that photo, because it takes me right back there. And now that I look back, I'm like, that photo was so cringy. <laughs> but like, it was just for me to remember. <laughs> See, see, that's that's a good thing. See, you didn't have Bookstagram at that point because yeah, exactly. if I did that now, I'd post it and all the world would see me looking like crap, yeah. crying over a book. Well, so I was, I think I was like sixteen too. So I would have been. Well, I say I say this, but maybe it's not true. But I would have been much more cringe then. <laughs> um, I mean, I hope that I'm less. I think I'm just more filtered now. <laughs> yeah, we have we have like almost fully developed brains like right we can <laughs> supposedly supposedly this podcast is really just uh our our last two brain cells talking together this is what i would have wanted to have in high school because i had all these books yes! i loved and no Me one too. else read them okay i i, I got i got my friends to read the river in time or river of time series because I needed someone to talk to about it. And so I'm like, you're going to read this book and you're going yeah. to talk to me about it because I need someone to talk about it. I didn't have a like a book community yeah. in high school. And I am very thankful I have one now. So I had one friend who well, I had more than one friend that was misleading. I had one friend who lived far away. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of true. <laughs> oh, man. 
man. Um, I had one friend who lived kind of like a few hours away and we only saw each other like maybe once a year, but we both read and like texted about it all the time. And I would make her like every month, I would make her get on like a FaceTime call with me and talk about all of the books that we had read that month. (laughs) It was like... So like this. Yes. And then actually, and I don't know if you remember this, but... When I was in college, Anna and I would call almost every month, not for very long, but for like a little while there, we were calling almost every month and talking about the books we had read that month. Do you remember that? A little bit? A little bit. Okay. Anyway, um, so let me tell you about this book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So Queen of Hearts is a trilogy and it's um, an Alice in Wonderland retelling. Queen of Hearts is incredibly dark but from my memory it wasn't too dark because I was a lot more sensitive to like dark books back then when I was 16 or around that age and I was totally okay with it so like I think if I read it now which I should I love I love this book I think that I wouldn't think it was that dark but it it is darker it's kind of a darker twist on on Alice so she doesn't fall through a rabbit hole she starts out in Wonderland she's already I think the princess or the queen I don't know I don't think she rules oh yeah her parents are still alive I think she basically gets thrown out of her kingdom she has to escape oh geez this is really bad yes and then we get this long journey of Alice on the run Alice leading an, an army Alice in the wilderness like it is or not Alice why am I saying Alice it's about the queen of hearts the main character Actually, what's her name? I don't remember. I just the main character. Her, she's not Alice, obviously. She's I don't even. Remember. I mean, that would be an interesting twist, though, if Alice yeah. became the Queen of Hearts. Oh, that would be interesting. I don't remember if there is an Alice. I don't think there's actually an Alice character in this trilogy, but there are characters who represent other characters in the original story. So there's you know all of the typical Wonderland characters. Dinah. Oh yeah, her name is the cat's name. So so yeah, she ends up making a ton of enemies and it's just very good. <laughs> it's really fun and it's a very quick read and I love the covers. I think they're magnificent. And yeah, that is Queen of Hearts by Colleen Oaks. I highly recommend and I want to reread it. If anyone wants to read it with me, just let me know. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Old Enough for Fairy Tales. I'm Kirsten, and you can find me at bookishly underscore aesthetic on Instagram. And I'm Anna. You can find me at Anna underscore Augustine underscore author on Instagram. And you can find our podcast account on Instagram at Old Enough for Fairy Tales podcast. Thanks for listening. That was kind of aggressive. <laughs> no, it was Thanks fine. for listening. <laughs>